You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, the Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio. This hour brought to you by uh, Ride and Die, Heather Birch, Birch Orthodontics. Yes to virtual orthodontics. Yes to fixing your teeth. People <laughs> that can help you get through it. Uh, they'll, they'll guide you through financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically. They're, they've got you c- taken care of. Virtual orthodontics. This Corey, you I, I thought Corey was going to jump in this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would I say? Hey, uh, teeth. <laughs> I really <laughs> am. I'm starting to kind of get jealous, though, Jeff. Man, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a little. I'm, I'll be honest here. I heard you talking to somebody else about Birch Orthodontics, and I, and talking to Doctor Birch, and I was getting a little jealous. Maybe you mentioned it on your show. I was getting mm. a little jealous that I'm not getting those. Try. I think I may just go sit in the parking lot. Just go see her. And go just say hey. Can we, Doctor Birch? Hey, if, if, if you get a minute, could you just step outside? I, I need to talk a little football. Um, I got yelled at by Heather Birch, the Doctor Birch, the last time I was there. She got mad at me for, she said, uh, perpetuating these lies about retainers. And oh, I, good. I, t- I told people that this retainer for life is just nonsense. And uh, she said, my dog is having a sneeze fit over here. Um, anyhow, she said, Jeff, stop telling people that. You do need to wear your retainer. I said, well, I'm not doing it, Heather. I'm not wearing one for life. I'm not going to be a slave. I- I'm not going to be a slave to a retainer. Tell her what's up, man. Tell her what's up. Big, big, re- big retainer is not running your life. You're yes, running not, your you guys, life. You guys are going to cost us the virtual the orthodontic <laughs> sponsorship with this nonsense. Go to virtualorthodontics.com. Get a free yeah. consultation. They've got payment plans, great customer service. They do great work. And wear your damn retainer. 
Oh, yeah, I mean, for a while, you know, but not about life. <laughs> life. Uh, all right, here we go. Ryan writes, fellas, from what you've been able to glean at practice, is Milton just a guy that hasn't played in two years due to a serious injury that probably would have been a backup at UCF? Um, has he shown you anything that would lead you to believe he'll be anything close to what he was pre-injury? Well, okay, to Iris' point at the end of the last hour, he is moving around a lot better than one would think after you viewed that devastating injury and you've read the depths to which the surgery impacted him. So I think that aspect, he's, he's probably, I don't know, he says, what, 80 to 90%. So that's a good thing. Uh, it's, it's everything else right now that he looks behind on. His timing's off. He hasn't been a real good thrower of the football. Uh, I don't think he knows the offense. The ball's not coming out on time, as I say. But that could be made up. That's what Springs for. He's working himself back into uh, into football shape and, and figuring out the offense. Uh, I, I haven't I haven't given up on Mackenzie Milton, but he certainly hasn't looked very good. Jordan Travis has been better than Mackenzie Milton, and I think Rodemaker has been better than Mackenzie Milton. Yeah, well, you know, we might revise that a little bit because I watched. You know, I think Tate's been good in a couple of scrimmages for the most part, going against the twos. Yesterday was a not a good practice for for Tate Rodemaker. He really struggled. I mean. He, he had a couple passes picked off. He had a pass picked off in one-on-ones, which I don't know if I've ever seen before. Um, and <laughs> so history out there, Tate. Uh, yesterday was not his, be- his best day, but and McKenzie look again. He looks better every time I've seen him, and definitely every week. Um, you know, the first week, the first time we saw him, first time or two we saw him, and then we talked to him after I think after the first or second practice, Corey. I can't remember which one it was, where he just he almost sounded defeated a little bit because I think he was frustrated about how it wasn't coming back as easily as he, as he maybe thought it would from a mental standpoint, timing standpoint, but he's gotten better. And then yesterday, yesterday's practice, I wrote about it. Um, you can read about it at warchant.com. I broke down every series. I thought they were about even Jordan might've been a little bit better. And really the only time that there was much separation was at the very end. They did a two minute drill. Jordan was with the ones and uh, McKenzie was with the twos and Jordan hit a 65-yard pass to Ontario Wilson on the first play. Ontario just streaked past the defense. They was they did they did something scheme-wise to bust him free, and the safeties got confused, and he hit, caught a 65-yard touchdown. McKenzie's drive was terrible, but it was mostly because that second-team offensive line was just a disaster. And so I asked uh, Norvell afterwards, like, how do you even evaluate the quarterbacks and receivers when the offensive that second-team offensive line's so bad or struggling so much? And he said it is hard. They have to literally just watch them individually, not the result of the play, but just see if they did what they were supposed to do um, as long as they could with that offensive line. So I think the gap yesterday, the gap was a lot closer than it has been. So, and that's nine, 10 practices in, you know, who knows what it'll look like later. Yeah. And it's 10 practices he's had in two and a half years, really. I know he ran the scout team last year, but that's the scout team. Um, You know, he'll be better. Uh, Whether he can wrestle it away from Jordan, we'll see. But it's late March. You know, it, it is what and, it is. He's, had, ten, he's had nine practices. And we don't know how he's going to handle getting hit. You know, I mean, that's the other part. Well, of it. He is yeah. running He is running much better. And he, yeah. he had a couple of runs yesterday that were really nice. Um, but, you know, how's he going to run when he knows guys are diving at his legs? I've had to be delicate in the way that I asked this question from Vernon, but I do want to ask it because it's funny and he took the time to write it. And Ira, it's addressed to you specifically. But I'm going to change the order in which he wrote these things so that way I can get it in, I think. I can make this work. He writes, Ira, were you completing a dare when you used the words load, coming hard, and dicks 
in the same sentence while talking to David Johnson. <laughs> Boy. Yeah, that was uh, so. The context of the question was about <laughs> pass protection by his running backs, and about how Amari Gainer and Stephen Dix Jr. were, were coming in hard, quite a load mm. when they're you know when they're when they're when they're coming after the quarterback. So, honestly, you should ask them how long they've been coming hard. How how long have Dix and, and Lundy been playing like that? That's it's just fantastic that this guy was astute enough to pick that out. Did we? Did somebody else make you aware of that as well? No, but as soon as he said, as soon as he, you said a couple of those words, I knew where we were going. But yeah. here's the thing: I'm the worst at that. I don't know what skill that is. Maybe it's just brain power or IQ. I'll say things without ever thinking about the con that those kind of connotations all the time. I just never my my brain doesn't work that way. It's not fast. That's right. Enough. It's clean brain. Uh, well. You're just clean. You just Maybe. no. You're an upstanding guy. Yeah. Uh, Robert writes, gentlemen. Quick question: Why is it the great Marvin Shade Tree Jones in the College Football Hall of Fame? We don't know that. We we, we tried to rationalize a lot of those omissions, and like Florida State has like five guys in there right now. Miami has five. Both of those schools should have twenty. Yeah. It, it, who knows? Who knows how they how they do it? He'll get in there eventually. It's. I mean, he finished fourth in the Heisman. Vote. I was about to say he was middle a Heisman linebacker. finalist for Christ's sake. What do we? Yeah, do? as a middle linebacker, he finished fourth in the Heisman voting and was a two-time All-American and a two-time Butkus winner. He'll be in there. It's just odd why he hasn't been in there yet. I don't think. I don't think it's an oversight. They might just be going alphabetically. Who knows? What? How? How many? Is there a limit on how many can go in every year? Probably. Maybe it's eighteen or fifteen or something. I don't know why you could put a hundred in a year. Yeah, the College Football Hall of Fame to me seems to be the most random of all. Yeah, oh, it definitely halls. is. Like Buckley got in recently, right? Right, yep. But it took him forever. Two years ago. Yeah. And Marvin Jones is his contemporary, so it should be coming any year now. Yeah, it needs to happen because Marvin is one of the greatest college football players to ever play, not just at FSU, but to ever play anywhere, yeah. ever. Yeah, so he free. was incredible. Michael writes, knowing how good next year's team could be with the blue chips and Mills coming in, let's say the ultimate departure happens with MJ and Evans gone. I'm okay with MJ and Evans being gone, so that's that's fine. Uh, but also Scotty, Raekwon, and Balsa receive NBA opportunities. Of those five departing, you have a choice to bring one back to next year's team. Who do you choose? Oh. Oh, well, that's between Raekwon and... Well, it's between well, Raekwon, Scotty, and Balsa, so I think you would probably I would say, say Raekwon. Well, I love me some Raekwon, I guess. I, it's tough, though, because if, if you didn't make Scotty play point guard. Yeah, but he would. That's the only reason he'd come back. Well, I, well, that's why he's at Florida State in the first place. So you can't then say you're not our point guard. I think Raekwon, yeah, if Scotty was your small forward or your power forward, yeah, yeah, man, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine that, like seeing him in Cleveland – in Mills, in uh, like ball, yeah. you know, whoever running down the court at you, that would be look uh, like that would be... look like look like Baylor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would still say Raekwon gives you a little. Well, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. One of those two, but I'd say Raekwon, I guess, because that seems more realistic that he would come well, back. By the way, Michael is going to ask a question that shouldn't threaten you at all, Corey, because I can tell you two of these three teams have zero chance. So you're in good shape here. And his question reads, if the Braves, Pirates, and Orioles make the playoffs this year, 
Can we get an hour number two? Oh, yeah, my yeah God. absolutely. You could, Michael. Yeah, sure. And, we'll take, uh, you know, you, you know, the the about. Yeah, yeah. if any of if either of the Pirates of the Orioles, it doesn't right. have to be all three. If either right. of them, I'll do an hour number two in perpetuity for the <laughs> rest gonna, of the show. Let's I'm going to do this for you right now. Here we go. Let's make this more fun. If the Pirates and the Orioles combine to win 120 games, that's high cotton, buddy. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, it's they're still Major League Baseball players. That that still means they're losing a hundred. No, no, no. They're both going to lose a hundred games, buddy. Probably, but Ira and I are going to have a fun side wager, just a beer or something, about who's going to suck the most. I mean, my team may lose 112 games. Oh, we may. We yeah. That's that's. That's definitely on the uh, spectrum it's in, of It's on the table. Yeah. It's on the table, man. It's uh, it's something to behold. More questions. Stay with Seminole Headlines. 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. All right, Michael. Not Michael. Excuse me. Oh, this is a different Michael. Yes, I was right. Here we go. Knowing how good next year's team could be. No, no, no. That's just a follow-up question. Oh, here he uh, goes. He's lost off the rails. Kyle writes, hey, guys, I'll get right to it. You are each on death row for unspeakable crimes. What is each of your last meals? You get an appetizer, main course, dessert, and drink of choice. Thanks for all the great work you guys do. I've always thought about this. I get nervous, like, eating a hamburger before one of Brady's, like, baseball games. What Am I going to be able to eat anything when I know I'm going to die in seven hours? Isn't my stomach going to be kind of in knots? Or I might, if I'm in death row, I might be a sociopath anyway, and I don't feel any of that. So we'll go with that choice. Um, I'm finishing it off with a lobster tail, for sure, with drawn butter. Ira, you know how I love the lobster tail. You love the drawn butter. Um, I'm probably going to start, my appetizer is the mac and cheese bites from Horizons. Nice. Um, You worked it in. I did work it in. Basically, I just go down the menu of Horizons, and whatever Kyle and Mike want to give me, that's my last meal. Nicely done. Yeah, you think- uh, the shrimp thing that they have for the appetizer, I love that thing too. There, yeah, delicious. it is delicious. Um, it's always happy hour there. I can order online; they can deliver it to my cell on death row. Um, yeah, and probably, I don't know. I guess I'd in uh, a brownie Sunday, hot fudge brownie Sunday. You think Dahmer is like? So can I have anything I want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's like a. That's- uh, that's like a Brian never, Regan joke. He, that's like a, a, a Mitch yeah. Hepburn joke. He never got the opportunity, though, since he was beaten. No, he didn't. He got beaten. <laughs> anyway, yeah, man. I Yeah, definitely some kind of grilled steak. I mean, it's just, I, I can't, like, there's other things I like, but it, when I'm eating, like, a well-cooked grilled steak, I, I as I'm eating it, I'm thinking, man, there can't, there can't be anything that's better than this. Can you send it back in that setting? Like if it's if it's too, if it's not a little too enough. well done, or yeah, for you you like it well done, right? No, 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 no. Oh, you oh, don't you like the other side. Well so done. if it is too well done, can you say, look, man, it's my last meal. Can you do this again, please? And they'll be like, shut up, shut up, prisoner, and eat it. Like I don't <laughs> yeah. think you can send it back, right? If they get See, it wrong. Well, normally, and that's the thing. Like I'm the last guy to send food back because I always assume the cook is going to spit in it or something. Right. Repercussions. So, care. So, yeah. so, but in that scenario, man, yeah, I'll probably send it back. Do whatever you want to it, cook. <laughs> This this this, fun, this conversation has me wondering. I don't know what my last meal is. I don't. I don't. I've thought about it before. It's changed over time, though. I think I really would do Alaskan king crab legs. 
It would be mainly seafood. I love seafood. Even that's if a I lot of work. That's a lot of work that's what on I was the last say. couple hours. Well, if you know how to do it the way I know how to do it, it's quick and easy, man. You get, okay. There are techniques that you just don't possess, Corey, that I'll show you someday. Okay. It's not as hard as you think it is. Uh, and, I, yeah, I would probably have Alaskan King crab legs and then chocolate peanut butter ice cream for sure. But it would have to, it would have to be the right chocolate peanut butter ice cream. Um, oh, I would uh, – yeah, my, the ice cream I'd finish it off with would be uh, – Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia. That's my that's my jam. That's good stuff. I yeah. just feel like we'd throw it all up. I don't think you could keep it down in that setting. I guess I you had hear those stories, but you'd think your stomach would be so bubbly and anxious that it would all come back up. Oddly, I had a dream two weeks ago that I was on death row and I was set to be put to death by lethal injection. The dream moved forward. They put me on the slab. There was a man standing there who was putting the IV in. He told me they were going to press the buttons and that the three different whatever was chemicals were going to go into my body. And I was hyper-focusing on this tiny bit of sunlight that was coming through a window. And I, I didn't want my last view to be something so sterile. So I kept just staring at the sun beam. And I woke up. And the reason I woke up was because both my arms were sound asleep. I had fallen asleep on, on top of them. And that's why I thought I was being injected. They were going numb. And I woke up and I was startled, but I really thought I was being put to death. Man, yeah. that's a, how, how fast is your heartbeat when you woke up? I, I just was really focused on that damn sunbeam. Plus, you're a sociopath. It, it doesn't, <laughs> that stuff doesn't register with you. That too. You're like, man, that ice cream was good. Uh, Sean writes on a scale of one to ten. How frustrated were you watching that basketball game? Ten being the worst. I was about eight, but luckily I had organized the trip. If I had gone all the way up there to watch one basketball game, specifically that one, and it played out like that, I would have been really upset. So the fact that I'd gotten to see some other games with Brady, we had a good trip for the most part. You know, I didn't yell at him too much. We got to scoot around the city. I would say it was about a seven seven or an eight. It wasn't a 10. And it was just because I would have liked them to play well. And if they lost, they lost, but they didn't play well. Um, and it was, a, it was a little frustrating, but you know, they weren't going to win a national championship. They weren't built like that. I'd say a six because of the turnovers in the first half that continue to, yeah, shoot. man, that, that, that really Stop with that. Just, yeah, I mean, they will, they, they have stopped. They don't get to play anymore because of it. But that yeah. was that was real. They weren't that bad turning the ball over for a lot of the year. It, that's so what, it's a recent thing. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, I called a couple of friends, friends of ours that were texting me about it, and they were they they were never a great ball handling team. I mean, they're not going to be when Scotty Barnes is your point guard and you play this positionless basketball where you've got bigs handling right. the basketball so far away from the basket. So you're gonna have turnovers by definition. But th they they got worse and worse as the year went on, and yeah. so much of it was just. Uh, casual, ridiculous, careless passes. And it's uh, funny, I don't. I was sitting in the stands with Brady around some other Florida State fans that probably listen. I think listen to this show. And the only time I yelled the entire game, and I was I wasn't really invested. I would have liked to stay an extra couple of days, but whatever. I yelled it polite. No offense here, Ira. When he threw the ball into the post to Ngam, and Ngam <laughs> immediately too. turned it over with the walk. I didn't blame Ngam. What, they wanted him to catch the ball. They want they backed up off him so he would catch the ball. They weren't fighting to front yes. him. Why yes. are you throwing it into him? It just it, it didn't make any sense. And that's the one time I yelled, "Why are you throwing it to him?" And and that was uh, um, but you know everybody else was yelling at him too. 
I, um, I, I stopped being mad pretty early on. I mean, when they got down 11 and they were turning the ball over, I, I kind of had come to the conclusion Michigan was the better team and we weren't going to win that game. And, and you don't yeah. deserve to win it when you turn yeah. it over like that. It and wasn't a fluke loss. moments where I'm mad at a player who's, you know. But when then the, then I got calm about that. I was like, well, he, he's just not any good. So what are you going to yeah. do? Yeah, at halftime, at halftime I thought it was over. Then, you know, when Osborne and Polite had the back-to-back five. threes, got it to five. You're thinking, okay, if they can get a stop here. And then it, you quickly realize, no, they may never get another stop. Yeah, that point like guard. That up. point guard immediately went down and got the three-point play, and that was a wrap. Uh, all right, Travis Wright, gentlemen, and ultra. You guys complete me. Who are hmm. your top three musicians, artists that you're currently listening to? You guys listening to anybody new? You guys are you guys branching out, listening to anything new? I mean, Machine Gun Kelly. I've been really diving into his stuff lately. Um, no, I don't. I don't, man. That's. I think you're talking I'll, to three people that don't listen to a lot of new music. Like I'll, I might I'll go on a kick where I listen to the Killers or something, but they're a 20 year old band. I don't know. I, I listen to. You should speak for yourself. I listen to a ton of new music. Um, but I would tell you, there's a band called High on Stress that I really, really like. Uh, I listen. They're out of Minneapolis, to, right? How did you know that? That's not true. Is that true? It is, it is true. How did you know <laughs> I just that? threw a joke out there. That's <laughs> oh, not yeah. true. Yeah, it is true. Uh, um, it would have been funnier if that wasn't true. Well, they may be in Illinois now because the lead singer is doing a podcast, but I listened to a band called High on Stress. I actually listened to uh, a guy named Matthew Ryan's latest album, who I really like. He goes back a ways, but he's got a new record. Um, let's see. Why are you into Gerardo still? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's coming back. He's got a new uh, LP coming, uh, I think, soon. <laughs> he's, he's no, for real, though, that. if you aren't listening to my guy, Sam Henshaw, check out Sam Henshaw, Sam with two M's. He's he's awesome, like a John Legend, younger guy from England, very good. And then also, one thing on music real quick, uh, the original Elite headliner, our guy Sean, yeah. texted, the Renegades, the, the, somebody emailed last night, last week, about the Renegades song being for the between the third and fourth quarters, but yeah. the version... Did you guys go listen to the version that guy was talking about? No. no. Oh, please don't. Uh, I mean, it's like the death, de- hardest death metal you've ever heard in your life. But oh, well, that would get you fired up for the game. But the original, that Renegade song by the X Ambassadors, yeah, that yeah. song could work. That it really could work for the third between the third and fourth quarters. It's got like a sing along feel to it. People, I want to, I want to get feedback from people. That could be the alternative. For between the third and fourth quarters, I don't, not the so crazy we're, we're not quarters. we're not going with Seminole Wind. I mean, if if we're taking Seminole Wind off the table, that, I'm I, mean, just, I don't you know. know why that would ever be off the table. But whatever, uh, uh, Travis. I, to answer your question, uh, I gave you a couple there. I also listened to this guy. Um, his name is Hamilton Leithauser, and he <laughs> was. Um, he he's been a lead singer in two different bands prior to this, but he's I like him a lot. He's talented and, and unique. So there you go. Um, there there's some new stuff that I've been listening to. Jason Van, Van Morrison Van Morrison just dropped a new new song, Corey. By the way, by the way, Van Morrison's stuff that he's released in the last 15 years is all good. Yeah, he's it's great. Oh, cool. there you go. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. He's yeah. just consistently great. Yep. That doesn't ever really miss. I went back and rediscovered some old Nick Lowe stuff, but that's to Corey's point. That's an older artist. Um Jason wants to know why I left ETSU to come here. 
And, uh, well, that's a long story, Jason. There's six, six or seven reasons I can give you, the crux of which is I got a devastating injury, had reconstructive surgery, and was never going to be the great athlete I was when I left high school to go play football at ETSU. So. Guys, you have no idea. You have no <laughs> idea. Good. He ran the 200. He could 400. dunk. I ran oh, the 400. Okay. You could have run the two. I did run the two, but I was not the best at the two. Uh, we had some guys quicker than me, but I was on the four by four hundred, and I was fast. And uh, yeah, I could dunk. Yes, you're right. By the way, I know Bryce is tall. He seems about as tall as you are now. Does he have the same fast twitch that you do? Uh, it's hard. It's, it, that's it's gonna be hard for Bryce it's, because it's, it's good that he's not growing up back in 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 St. Pete, the, the suburbs of St. Pete, where yeah. the legend still grows. Right. It's like when Jordan's kids try to play basketball. I mean, what it's is, just. What are they going to do? So I'm worried about Bryce. But nice being in Tallahassee where not many people saw Jeff at that stage of his athleticism. It's probably yeah. a good thing. Didn't get to see my baseball, soccer, tennis, football, soccer, all of that prowess. Um, but I would say, though, is that uh, Bryce is a pretty good little athlete and he's starting to feel it now that he's turned 13. He jumps. I don't know if Brady does this, but, and this is a very boy thing to do because I did it as a kid. Everywhere in the house, he's jumping to see if he can touch it. He wants to see, can I touch the roof here? Can I touch the air vent? We walk down a hallway somewhere. He tries to see if he can touch the ceiling or the Corey, window. Corey paint. still does that. Yeah, um, yeah. So, Brady doesn't because he's embarrassed because I do it all the time. But no, Bryce, that's too much work for Brady. That Bryce, guy, and I basketball. Bryce and I played basketball yesterday. He really wants to beat his dad. And, fellas, at 49, he still can't beat his dad. I'm close. Better not I, be. I, I back his ass down in the post, and we are done dealing here. And he'll always complain. He yelled at me last night. He says that I'm cheating. I said, how am I cheating? He said, you weigh 220 pounds. I weigh 140 pounds. Why do you back me down? I said, stop me. I'm here to win a basketball game, baby. Yeah, I'm yeah. here to win. That's Why don't you put on some weight? Why don't you put on some weight, Scrawny? Seminole Headlines on a 790 ESPN Radio will continue in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. I know we didn't do an official Horizons Bar and Grill commercial. Corey did a very good one within a segment. And actually, that's a much more effective way to do the commercial. So we won't spend a lot of time other than to echo uh, the, the true sentiments from Corey and many, many people. All that it should be your it should be your last meal on death row. It's a delicious place to go eat lunch or dinner, to hang out with friends, to enjoy the magnificent porch, to have appetizers and cold beer, to uh, to talk about life and the intricacies of decisions you have to make on a daily daily basis. I mean, Horizons Bar and Grill has it all. Even if you're not dying. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're not being put to even death. Even if you just like food on a Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. Or beer. <laughs> or TVs. They got it all. They got it all. And the weather's turning. It's about to be great to be outside. And we're all going to be vaccinated soon. And we're going to be, we're going to be loving life inside Horizons. Yeah, you yeah. can find them online. You can order online and pick it up if you'd like. Or you can go to the, the actual restaurant physically. It's at Bannerman Crossing, which is off Thomasville Road and uh, Bannerman Road. All right. Let's pull up some of these questions. Uh, I've got uh, – I order. we got about like 30 of these. Let's see. Bunch of, a bunch of Twitter questions. There's a uh, lively right. response. Yeah, Tom Lang wants to know, this Tom fella, if Corey had to fly on a plane and had to sit next to either Ira or Jeff, two-person row, who would he choose and why? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a good one. 
the best the the better part of it though is that Paul. I'll read I mean, Paul's, group, I'll read Paul's right, response. Hold read on. Paul's response for Corey. Okay, Paul wrote as someone who Paul, has traveled in a car. Our good, with, our good friend uh, Paul PT Paul Thomas from. Oh, Berkeley. got it. As someone who has traveled in a car with Ira and Corey many times, my hope is he choose Jeff for the sake of the rest of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, that's very fair. Yeah, I would say Jeff. I, I've, I've been on a lot of trips with Ira. We've sat next to each other a lot. I, I like Ira, love Ira. But I haven't gotten that experience to sit next to you on a – on a. I haven't even sat next to you on a plane, Ira. I think we've I flown think, together. Yeah, we, we have flown together. And here's the thing. We got along fine because there's no – like there's no arguments. You know, you can't decide – yeah, there's no rest areas. In, yeah. there's no rest areas in the middle of the sky. Yeah, we don't have to. We don't have to discuss anything. We just have to sit there. Plus, you took some medication and were zonked out, so you really yeah, don't, you, your eyes were closed for most of the trip too. So I think I think either one of us would be okay, but Jeff's probably a better call. Corey, plus I, it's a little known fact about me. I massage the person next to me, whether I know him or not, on all plane rides. Oh, nice! It's nice. just soothing. It's soothing for me. Oh, I, I know just, this. Yeah, well, I'll yeah. do it for you then. I'll lay down. I, I just enjoy it. Like I mean, well, like you know, Deshaun. Deshaun's kind of the same yeah, way. Just, that's know, right. Just, he gets there. Just, he just he's at ease. So that dude is basically. I know we won't talk we'll touch on that long. He's a serial predator, apparently. Like they, there, I mean, there's twenty alleg- of them now. Allegedly, allegedly, I mean, a lot of allegedly. Grief, dude. Yeah, it seems to be a little smoke in that one. It seems to be a little smoke. Yeah. Maybe fire. We need to investigate here, guys. It could be a problem. Oh, it could be a problem. Uh, Walter writes. Which is more true? The best way to guarantee a turnover is to double-team Raekwon Evans. Or Evans had back-to-back games with 24 points against NC State, 10 points against North Carolina, and 11 points against Louisville. Wow. Yeah, man, that's the thing. He was a legitimate D1 solid ACC basketball player. Yeah, I wrote a story about I wrote a feature on him in January. He was playing pretty well. And then I just I must have cursed him because, yeah, it's been a oh, complete it's been liability. Time. Yeah, yeah, for real. Like the last fourteen games, he made six shots. He was six out of thirty-seven, I think, to finish his career. He didn't Just want to be crazy out. for a guard. I, I, crazy I, I, for anyone. I'm not ripping him because I don't know the circumstances that led to him not being able to play even a little bit. But he didn't want to be out there. You could see it. He'd ask off the court. It's it just there was zero confidence. Whatever happened shattered the player that he was, and that that's yeah. sad. I don't, I don't know what happened. It makes me sad. Uh, Drew writes, fellas, the lack of somebody to step up and be the man this year was the difference. Also losing to Georgia Tech, North Carolina, and Notre Dame. Maybe if you win two-thirds and get a three-seed and avoid Michigan, it's different. FSU missed Trent Forrest more than words can explain. What are your 2022 expectations? Well, they're going to be good next year, and you're not wrong. They definitely missed Trent Forrest, uh, devastatingly so. They didn't have a guy down the stretch. I would I would also say that you know Devin Vassell could have got his own shot. Yeah. You know? And he did a lot when you needed him to get his own shot. There was really nobody on this team that could get their own shot. So we we assume that uh, not only the improvement with the guys coming back, but then these in, you know the blue chippers that are coming in, somebody's been able to get their own shot. Yeah, the, the way, thing I, is, I, is Matthew Cleveland isn't the prospect that Scotty Barnes was. Like Scotty Barnes was a top five player in the country, um, and will be a lottery pick. We don't know what Matthew Cleveland will be uh, prospect wise. But he's a scorer. Scotty Barnes was never a scorer. No, he, he wasn't. Came, he didn't come in here as a scorer. Matthew Cleveland scored 30 points multiple times in his high school career. He scored 40 points. He's been in AAU games where he scored 36 points. That was never Scotty Barnes's game. So they are bringing in uh, an elite-level scorer in the Caleb Mills kid. 
and then a Matthew Cleveland kid who projects to be an elite-type scorer, like a Devin Vassell, right? Like, I know Vassell didn't score 20 at Florida State per game, but he could he could get a shot when he wanted. You have guys that can, you're bringing in guys that can go get baskets and make tough shots because that's what they've been doing their whole life. I also want to throw in one little thing because I feel like we've done a lot of kind of dismissing what Scotty Barnes is or, or, or his contributions. He won them some games this season. Absolutely. Uh, and so that part doesn't need to be forgotten. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you know. He was anyway. a guy, but he wasn't a guy that was going to hit a, a 17-foot jumper to win right. a game. But, he, yeah, he, hit, he won them a game against Indiana. He basically won them a game against Wake. And he made some huge shots. He's just not – He's not going to be the guy that hits the 17-foot contested jumper. You're bringing in at right. least two guys that can do that. No, the thing that he's going to have to work on is the thing that he will work on as a pro making millions of dollars to work on it, and that is shooting. Yeah. And obviously he's not a great ball handler yet either. Uh, Jason writes, some of the boosters tweeted on Friday they were at 7,736 total donors in the 2021 Tribe campaign, thus far 60% to the goal. At $70 a year entry level, why don't more Knowles join? What can they do? to more incentivize joining. I thought double or tripling points was a great incentive. That's from Jason. They've, you know, they've, dig, they've definitely changed their approach, and I think they're on the yep. right path now. Uh, for for years, yeah, for years and years and years, the approach was the way they got members was when people wanted to buy season tickets, you had to become a member. And what they're doing now is they're really being more proactive in targeting people who can't come to games, maybe live on the other side of the country, or don't want to come to games, but do want to support the athletics department. So they're trying to rebuild those relationships, and those are some of the numbers he's talking about. They're making progress, but it's gonna—it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's gonna—it's gonna take time to educate people because for, I mean, years, decades, people have graduated from Florida State University and left and had basically not been approached about becoming a booster unless they wanted to buy season tickets. So you've got to educate all those people. It's going to take time. Yeah, and I could go on. I've got a lot of opinions about this, uh, but I'm not going to do that right here because it's most of them aren't favorable, and they're doing a good job now. So I'm just going to – And you can do that during the Jeff Cameron Show from 3 to I 6. I can. Yeah, there you go. You've got three I, hours. I have, I, I've done this before, so nobody needs to hear from me on that. Um – all right, this one I'm not getting to. This one I'm not getting to. Brendan writes, Brandon writes, how good is the Houston transfer? Because they don't seem to miss him. <laughs> you ain't lying. But again, now. They got they, the easiest they, road to where they are. If any team in the history of college basketball, quite literally, they're one of three teams yeah. that have ever been this fortunate. Yes. No, they're the only team. There's nobody. I think, I saw, two, I, saw, I think I saw in terms of total seed numbers to get to this point, two other teams equaled that. But they're the only team that's never played. They had didn't have to play a single digit single seed, single digit seed, um, yeah. which is incredible. And that a lot when we talk about luck, like look, man, if Florida State had been in that bracket, uh, they would have they wouldn't have played a they would have if they were Houston, they would be in the Final Four right now. They would have Houston was a two seed, but you know they wouldn't have had to play Michigan. They wouldn't even have to play Colorado. They'd have played a bunch of eleven and twelves. Um, but yeah, man, Houston's good. Um, but this kid coming in, what look, man, he was their best player coming into the season. He was the preseason player of the year. He was their best returning player. Um, if they had him, they might have a legitimate chance against Baylor. They still do, probably, with the way they rebound. But, yeah, just know, go watch his clips, Caleb Mills. Um, the, kid, the kid scores, and he's, this, he can score at all levels. He's a good shooter, and he takes and makes tough shots. Yeah, the comparison you made earlier, which I think is kind of, you know, I think you compared him maybe to the two or Tony Douglas and the ability to to make tough shots and things like that. And I think you, but he's he doesn't need to. He's not going to need to be the guy 
He's not going right. to be surrounded by a bunch of average players. He's going to be part of a really talented lineup. So it should be should be a lot of fun to watch. Come back, wrap it up. More headliner questions in a moment. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Philip writes, which team was more efficient and explosive, 2019 LSU with Joe Burrow or 2013 FSU with Winston? LSU needed an extra game to beat our scoring record, I might add. Yeah, I, I, Joe Burrow's season, if we're just talking about individual seasons, is the greatest season I've ever seen any quarterback have ever. That's, it's the dumbest thing in the world. He threw 60 touchdown passes. Yeah. Um, it, it's, hard, it, it's hard to gauge because they ran at a different pace. Correct. If you want to we say which one was the most pace. efficient, um, but, man, they had three, at least three first-round wide receivers, right? Like top 20 wide receivers. The running back was a first-round pick, and then Dude, they had the they quarterback. Were- they were sick good. I, I, yeah. I, I, I remember being in shock because about halfway through that season, you're like, man, this kid's on pace to throw, you know, 70-something touchdowns. Yeah. He threw 60. He threw for, what was it, over 5,000 yards, and he only had like seven interceptions. I mean, yeah, he was, this, it was nuts. It was nuts. It was, a, it was an all-time great offense. Uh, it's, it's incredible. So was Florida State's, by the way. They're just yeah, – I would, I would still probably take that LSU one even though they did have to have an extra game to score. But they also did it, you know, Florida State didn't play a bunch of great teams that year in the ACC. I was going to say, they did it in the SEC. And the other thing that I'd say is Jimbo could have gotten Jameis and some of these other offensive skill players to much greater numbers if he didn't bother to play at a snail's pace. And that's on him. That's just what he did. Uh, Jimmy writes, will teams be allowed larger rosters next year? We have five new prospects coming in. Uh, are the Vipers all on scholarship now? Because I don't see five people leaving the team. Yeah, yeah no, they're, how does that yeah, work with the rosters, right? Yeah, the, yeah, they're just not going to count those guys. So you normally have thirteen guys on scholarship. So if uh, Nagam and uh, Nathaniel Jack come back, they they won't count um, towards the the thirteen. They'll just be extra players on your yeah. roster. Like baseball this year has yeah. an enormous roster because of uh, because of COVID last year and everything. Uh, Team Money Knowles writes, from the first football practice to today's, what's the biggest area of improvement? Uh, from what I've seen, I would say it's probably the wide receivers. I mean, and I know that's going to sound crazy based on the scrimmage you just saw on Saturday, but I thought they looked better yesterday. Um, and I thought the first time we saw them, I thought I, I was shocked at how ineffective they were. Um, against that, those defensive backs. So that would probably be my area. But the, I don't know if there's any area that's been like light and day, night and day difference. I think, Ira, tell me if you agree, uh, when they're healthy, I think they've got a lot of choices in that defensive backfield. They've got good players. I, oh, I, I definitely agree with that. I, they've got good players in the defensive backfield. That's just objectively true. I think they have good players there. Now, they're not going against the world's best offense. We know that. But I, <laughs> but, but I but I really do like these defensive backs. The new kids, they look different physically. I think you see a healthy Travis Jay finally who looks explosive when, when, they, when he's playing. Uh, I, I think they could be pretty good in the defensive backfield. Well, the whole defense, I mean, Amari Gaynor is starting to look like, to me, yeah. he's starting to look like a guy who could be like a guy. Like a are we going to do big, this thing where we get excited about the defense? Well, are we well, going to do this? And, I am. This is what, I'm fired up. But this is what I was going to say, though. If you've got Jermaine Johnson and, yep. and some nice players on the defensive line, then you've got Amari Gaynor, and I think Steven Dix is coming. He's a, 
<laughs> and uh, so I think that's a nice group. And then the secondary, I do think you got a ton of options and some guys who are healthy now and look really good. If that defense does not perform pretty well, then you know that we we got real problems. We're gonna have to have a we have to have a real hard conversation about the coaching on that side of the ball. I'm worried about the depth of the defensive line on the interior. I do love Johnson off the edge. He looks like a real football player. We haven't had a guy that looks like that in a long time. Well, basically going back to 13-14. So I'm excited about that. Um, but I, I do worry that they're not really talented uh, in the middle. I mean, Big Coop will be great. We know he will. He'll be good. Um, I'm just worried about how long they can last. Well played. I let it sit there. I let it sit there for you. I just let it sit there. I'm not uh, laughing. I'm not one of those people that always laughs at my own jokes. I was laughing at Iris' face. I wasn't laughing at <laughs> my my dumb joke. Uh, who is your favorite off field hire so far? Bruce Warwick. Still okay. a fan of that one. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Corey, got any thoughts? Hey, man, they're organized. My Bruce pick is the right uh, pick. Yeah, I, I'll say that. I'll go with that. Sure. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not against it. I'm just trying to think. Um. Why do you hate Bruce, Ira? I don't. I yeah, like him. He's a nice guy. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I was trying to think of they made hires since then. Uh, if anybody supplanted that over the last, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good pick. Good pick, or, or Jeff. I'll yeah. ride with it. It was a great pick. Uh, this person just wants us to talk about Deshaun Watson. No, thanks. Um, I, I There are so many good jokes about the Deshaun Watson thing to do, but I'm not trying to make light of a very serious situation. Right. But I got I got a lot of jokes. I mean, if you're reading those reports and if they're at all accurate, my, my man, Dude. Jesus. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm thinking of the good jokes that I could make, but we're not going to do it. Right. But you're not going to make light. Now, tell us. <laughs> Tell us why you believe next year's team will finally be the one to make uh, make it to the Final Four. That's from Mark. Well, I don't know that we think that. Well, but, yeah, I don't know that that's what we think. But again, you keep giving yourself chances. Eventually, you crack through. It's just how it works. And again, I, I do want to reiterate, even if it, you know, it, he had the team last year. Now, I don't know if they would have gone to the Final Four. Who knows? Basketball is weird. Ohio State was a two seed this year. They got bounced by Oral Roberts. But freaking yeah. But you had you had two lottery picks and Trent Forrest. MJ Walker was your fourth or fifth leading scorer. You had Anthony Polite and Raquan Gray as like role players. That was a loaded team. That was an all-time team. And I just if they had gotten to play in the tournament last year, I don't think we'd get questions like this because I I in my heart think they make the final four now. Well, last but year. it doesn't matter because it's still silly. Listen. Compared to the resources that are poured into elite basketball programs in this conference, like Virginia, North Carolina, Duke, Syracuse, Louisville, Leonard Hamilton is doing God's work to get Florida yeah. State to be one of the best two or three teams in the ACC. Let me they give you, have half. It's unreal. And one more example, one little example, because some people are comparing Florida State and Michigan because they've both got football programs that are prominent and, you know, is a football schools, good. basketball schools, all that. <laughs> So we did a video last week on the site. We did like a preview for the game and I interviewed, it was me talking to a guy from the Michigan rival site. Our war chance YouTube page has like three times as many subscribers as the Michigan sites, the Wolverine. We we have a much bigger, more robust uh, video presence. Uh, we get much more traffic on our videos than, than the Michigan site does. Our website, warchant.com is one of the two or three biggest in the network. The Michigan site is not. 
we did the same exact video, but we posted it on our site. They posted on their site. Their version of that video got five or six times as many people to watch it as ours. With a with a smaller site, a much smaller YouTube people subscriber just, base, yeah, their care people basketball. Yeah. care more a lot more about basketball. Not yeah, just a little bit. And like when Florida State played Michigan mm-hmm. four years ago in that the Elite Eight when I was out there in California, that place was like 90% Michigan. Yeah. It was it was like a home game. It was the same way in Indianapolis, although obviously it wasn't full. But I would say it was 15 to 1 Michigan to Florida State fans. Now, Michigan's only four hours away. Ann Arbor's only about four hours away from Indianapolis. But also, when you Michigan isn't a football school. Michigan, since, our, since I was a teenager, has had much more sustain, sustained success in basketball than football. And it's not close. They've been to four national championships, five in my lifetime, national championship games. They've won one. They had the Fab Five. Like, you know, they, they are a, they've had so much more success in basketball over the last 30 years than football. I mean, I know they consider themselves a football school, but, man, they're much better at basketball. Well, they and consider have been themselves for a most of our lives. Because they've been playing it forever and yeah. amassed a gazillion wins. But by way of comparison, they are not even worthy of being discussed in the same sentence as Ohio State. You know, they, right, they just right. leave that alone. Just don't even try it. It's embarrassing. Don't even try it, Wolverines. Sorry. Don't do it. So, that, for so I only think that's it's just it's something to consider, and I don't think that gets considered enough. That I yeah yeah, I think you're right. All right, that's it, boys. We're done. We did it. We did. We what a great end of the show. And we found a way to avoid talking about Florida State's pitching from the weekend, which was oddly shaky. Yeah, well, there you go. You say it was not good. There we go. We summed it up. Good. Okay, I, I'm not worried about it. I think it'll be okay. But there were two nights where it wasn't good at all, and that that was a little disconcerting. So. Two fingers to our eyes, two fingers back to you, starting rotation. Get it together. I was I was kind of getting excited by the way they played the last couple of weeks because when spring football was over and, the, you know, the flow to our season as yeah. sports writers and sports media is spring football is going to come to an end, basketball is going to come to an end, and then we'll turn our attention fully to baseball. And they looked like they were going to become, you know, man, this juggernaut, and then you lose two out of three at home to a Wake Forest team that I think had won two games in the conference before that. Yeah, that was a little, yeah, little, little, upset, little upsetting. But, hey, this week is the return of Major League Baseball. There won't be another weekend from now through November where we don't have options. So there you go. Beautiful, beautiful thing. I love you guys. Uh, love you guys. Bye, boys. Be good. Seminal Headlines on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Get more from Jeff, Corey, and Ira via iTunes and in the 97.9 ESPN Radio Audio Vault. This has been a production of 97.9 ESPN Radio, Tallahassee Sports Monster.